Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. Hey everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of Black to the Future podcast. Yes, that's right. We got the air horn. I'm going to play it again for you girls. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. So I am here. I am here. Um, of course, we're continuing the podcast. Um, Mab said he will be back. So y'all send um, all your love to him. Um, he has lots of great opportunities and beautiful things happening. But I am not alone. I do have one of my bestest Judy's here. I'm so excited that they could be here with me. So I have the lovely, talented Cookie Love App, also known as my Reese's Pieces. Woo! Yay! I'm so excited to finally be here on your show, Zay. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so honored. Of course, no. It the the honor and the plever the pleverage the the cleavage is all my. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here. Um, and so I've all I wanted to have Reese on for a long time. Like I've I've really wanted to have you on to talk about some important stuff that happens in our community because you know they like to get people together about stuff. Right. But the first thing I want to start with that we always start every episode with is how is your blackness? Mr. Cookie Love App. Well, my blackness is definitely getting the trials and tribulations, if you would say. Okay. Okay. 
Yes, you, I think you've already know a little bit of the tea. I went to New Orleans to work with my auntie, me and my husband. That didn't work out as well. It was not what we seemed. So we came all the way back to Chicago. And honestly, aside from kind of the struggle with finding and then um, preparing a place for us to stay in Chicago, mm-hmm. I've already got a job opportunity. So it's just... It's surreal and stressful all at the same time. Trials and tribulations for my blackness. Trials and tribulations. I and and for those who don't know, um, Reese and I have been friends for a long time here. And so, you know, he had to drop it on us that he got married. Yes, he got married. Shout out to Curtis. Shout out to Curtis. Yes, Yes. Curtis. He is now a cow now. Curtis Owen Williams. A cow. Yeah. Come on, Coach Cat. <laughs> Moo, I'm a cow, okay. Yes, um, yeah. I'm, I'm so um I'm so proud of you. And you know, Reese's a little young. He's a he's he's a little little younger than the than the doll, but you know. And I you know, you making all these big moves and stuff like that. I'm sorry that things didn't work out in New Orleans, but you know, you get to be back here with me. <laughs> Yes, not, not that's the, one thing I was honestly so happy for when I woke back up and I was back in Chicago area. And I'm like, oh, my friends are here. Huh? Like, I couldn't feel too bad because, you know, even things things didn't work out. I was happy I tried mm-hmm. and I was happy that I was able to make the decision to know that I needed something better for both of us, me and my husband, Curtis. Oh, Lord, you finna husband me to death, ain't you? <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah, know I want one of those. Baby, everybody know I want one of those, but I just can't seem to procure one, but that's okay. I'm not pr- I'm not pressed. I'm not packed. I'm pressed and I'm packed, but it's okay. It's just like the point. <laughs> but, um, so I'm so happy that, you know, you, you've already got job opportunities that you turn in this ship around and everything's going to work out perfectly. I already know. Oh, thank you so much, Zay. I really appreciate it. I honestly was very worried, but how things are going at the moment, I really do have an upward um, sight or perception on everything right now. So I'm just very, um, I'm just very grateful, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I just have to be grateful for what I have right now, because I know that it could be more of a struggle. That it could be. Well, speaking of struggles, my blackness has been sick for like the past like two, three days. Like, you know, we went down to the A for uh, the birthday for Mab. It was sickening. It was beautiful, you know. And so I came back and I worked a couple of days and Jesus said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be sick and you're going to lay down your ass somewhere. And I was like, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And not that I was happy about being sick, but it was very like, what the fuck? Like, and I also think, you know, just being out in the elements and people feel so free and, you know, without wearing masks and stuff, they vaccinated and stuff now. But Miss Delta variant said, oh, you girls think you're slick and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I I don't think I obviously got to get coronavirus. I didn't, that didn't happen, but, um. I just I, I just have been sick for like the past two days. I'm still not completely over it, but like on Sunday, all I did was like sleep. I think I slept for like 15 hours or something. I was so exhausted. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised, honestly, that I, one thing that I noticed around the times when I travel or when a lot is happening and I get my stress levels up, that's the time when I am also like most acceptable, like successful to get sick, you know, or something like that. The little sniffles here. So I'm surprised I'm not sick too. You know, I just need, I'm like, let me get rest to lay down a bit before something start coming up, you know? And, and, and listen to y'all bodies. If your body says no, go lay down somewhere. You, you, you know, take, if you don't believe in taking medicine, find some way to kind of like get you your health in order. Cause you only got one body and Jesus, you know, please take care of y'all selves. Yes. Don't dismiss your body. Like I do sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of body. I'll be dismissing my own self. <laughs> oh, Speaking of body, we're going to, we're, um, a little bit of the conversation later on, we're going to definitely be talking to Reese, um, about body as it pertains to being an, an LGBTQIA plus person, specifically, you know, a gay man, you know, we have to talk about that and how body image and stuff like that kind of comes up. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but before we get into that, I want to just touch on this right quick, right quick, because I just need to hear thoughts and feelings and stuff. And of course, the first thing I wanted to um, go forward is to talk about Lunas X and his lovely new song and music video called Industry Baby with Jake Harlow. So, have you seen it, Reese? Oh, you know, I've seen it like five times. Actually, I saw it less than an hour before it came out. I'm subscribed to him. You oh. know, I got the notifications. I, I heard the little ding ling. <laughs> Your phone said ding ling ling, and it's time for a new song. Okay. Yes, I loved it. I thought that it's definitely something that honestly, to me and my perspective, isn't really that controversial, but it's something you haven't seen before, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a lot of video vixens. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of throwing it back. It's just, you know, it's a rap song. It's a rap music video, yeah. you know? And I loved it. It was great. And so what do yeah. you what do you think of all the... The drama and the conflama, because, you know, people are really getting their panties in a bunch, like niggas getting their boxers twisted up, people getting their titties twisted. They're like, oh, my God, you look nice, X. Like, what do you think about that? Like, really? It's definitely something that I noticed that that we all know, especially all of us in the queer community, that... um. A lot of people, especially in the black community, are still trying to work on accepting queer folks in general. Mm -hmm. And it's they feel like it's being thrown in their face. But honestly, it's still something that's underrepresented, uh, underrepresented compared to media that is for, you know, catered to straight people. Mm -hmm. I believe that, honestly, I've... 15 new videos just like that from straight rappers who have video vixens mm. trying to be tough and hard. He's out of jail. He got the tats. I don't see anything different other than it's just men on men. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's literally it. And mm. that's why when I saw it, I was just like, okay, he honestly is like, it's innovative because he is a gay man, mm-hmm. but to be honest, it's not the most creative. You know, it's not like something new, new, other than just men on men. 
which is, is so I honestly think that the controversy will definitely learn how to accept that there are more people in this world that are not heterosexual, mm-hmm. you know? No, I completely agree. Uh, you know, I think because, you know, when you live in the queer community, you have to constantly, especially, you know, older people, you are being bombarded and berated with like what cis het people look like and what they do and their kind of sex and all that stuff. All of that is just so air quotes normalized because that's what's been expected of everyone their whole life. And it's like, girl, no, not everyone is going to show up that way. And so everything that's normalized, like you're talking about the video vixens, like it's in almost every rap man's video, it's going to be some naked bitches on there. Like it's about to be. So the only difference that there is between, you know, women being naked and men being naked is for some reason, the man's body is sacred. And I still haven't figured that out. But yeah, I don't. You made a real good point. I think that, people aren't used to men sexually objectifying themselves huh. you know seeing them as a sex object Ooh. it's still too uncomfortable for a straight audience to see uh, especially a black male like neil lil nas x mm-hmm. throwing it back with a 20 uh, um 20 other black men mm-hmm. just naked and i loved it and the thing is it's like i feel like that is going to make him more popular because he actually can put himself out there as a sex object as well as a rapper Mm -hmm. and that's something that's so unique for men in general most black male rappers who are straight do not sexually objectify themselves they usually are wearing baggy clothes they usually are talking about the woman that they're sexually objectifying but to have man do that is definitely so unique that it actually is going to benefit him in the long run more than actually straight male rappers because really when you look at their videos they don't have nothing to look at but the ladies but you're really not looking at them right but that's but that's the thing is like i think there was someone i don't know who did this but um there was a like a video comparison kind of idea where it was like men objectify women all the time and as a woman i know and so what they do is they put cars and diamonds and video and and stuff into their videos so you know off to the sides and it's like ooh, look at what i possess look at what's in my possession it seems like men automatically have this preconceived notion that they automatically have access to women which is just like baffling not just not to say that gay men don't do the same thing they can exhibit misogyny they can also do that as i talked about in the previous episode they can exhibit misogyny but the idea here is that men automatically they have access to women and it's already be, been because of how everything was set up where women needed men in order to do almost anything. And so now that liberation is happening, you women can't um, aren't, aren't allowed or it feels that way that they can't be sexually free in that kind of way. It's like, oh, you being sexual, da 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 Like, what, girl? Do, I can do whatever I want. I have free range to be able to do that. But... That's not how society has set women up to be. They have to be, you know, calm and restricted and all that kind of energy. But um, that's a totally different thing that we'll dive more into. I think that men mostly are starting to realize that and that not all men are going to be hyper-masculine, particularly black men. And speaking of hyper-masculine black men... 
we got to talk about this dumbass who is the baby. So, what do you think of... Now, if y'all haven't seen it, the baby has made some lovely comments. Lovely. And by lovely, I mean literally terrible. At the Rolling Loud Festival in, like, in the last few days. And it went viral and he's receiving lots of backlash for it. So, what do you think of this whole predicament, Reese? It's definitely some hot tea, so I'm glad that we're talking about it. I, so I've heard a few comments that he did, and it was kind of weird because he wanted to back up his queer fan base by trashing everybody else who wasn't included. And I'm like, first, I don't think you even have the right to kind of like try to divide the queer his a queer community when he's not even a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the things he said were totally untrue, probably not even um, something that he's looked into himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, some of the things he was saying about queer people, like his, like, the queer people who are fans of him, don't do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but don't all your straight male guys do that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can... <laughs> like, like I can definitely tell, like some uh, some of his bros doing the nasty, doing things Ooh. that you know. It's just like for him to even bring that up was totally out of line. And then I also heard he popped up Tory Lanes afterwards. I'm yeah. like, just put a little cherry on top of your bullshit cake. Mm-hmm. That's great. No, this nigga <laughs> likes drama and conflama. But you know, what they say is like. What is, what is it the expression is like some news is better than no news or whatever the expression is like it's better for them to be talking about you so I want to read what he said because he's in the middle of his performance and you know in between performing his numbers he decides to take a small break and he says if you didn't show up today with HIV AIDS or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two or three weeks then put your cell phone lighter up so you know there's wow. that. And he said something to women along the lines of, you know, um, ladies, if your pussy is like water, well, of course, you got a wet ass pussy, you know, then put your lighters up. And then he goes on to say again, <laughs> some more stuff. Fellas, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone lighter up. And it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And honestly, why do you care? Right. Where is this coming from? Like you rapping and you going on and on. And then all of a sudden you's like, if you didn't show up with AIDS or HIV, and you, you're going to die into it. It's just, it's so much. Like, why was this even injected into the thing? Like, this makes no sense. And I'm just, I'm just really stuck. Just looking at him. Like, I didn't really, really fuck with him like that to begin with. If I want to keep it a buck, like I really wasn't into him like that with his, basic ass um rhythm that he always rapping to like you're gonna have to pick change it up baby but it don't <laughs> but it don't matter now because nobody listening to you anyway but yeah. it it was... it it's oh. no it's just crazy to me because it's just like where did this come from like there's just so much misinformation but what do you have to say go ahead yeah, I agree with you. I really, from the beginning, was not really into him as much. And I'm a big Megan Thee Stallion fan. Definitely declare myself a baddie. Shout out to Meg. And I, yeah, shout out to Meg. Ah. Ah. <laughs> I, 
I remember seeing that they were doing a bit of a FaceTime call after their debut for their music video that they did, Cry Baby. Mm -hmm. And I already saw his vibe about it. I don't I think he was dismissing the video because there were already queer individuals in that video. Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if you remember, but there was uh I forgot his name, but he is very they are very popular and they were in the beginning of the video playing with dolls and stuff. And oh, I just blame noticed it on Quay. that Megan Huh? Blame it on Quay. That's who you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember when Megan and the baby were talking about the video, he wasn't into it. And even one of his guy friends in the back says something like to dismiss the video or something like that and Mm -hmm. he like looked at him and looked back like you need to be quiet because this is a lie so i already tell from i tell from there he wasn't really with it you know what i mean he wasn't that accepting he Mm -hmm. was honestly he didn't disappoint me it's just that he became the regular you know there are other rappers like him with that same mentality Mm -hmm. that I feel like they really need to work on. And to be honest, those statements that he said during his concert sound like he was high or something. Like, to even, <laughs> those are even that. <laughs> I'm not even going to give him that much grace. I'm not giving him no benefit of the doubt. Because, see, I didn't know about all that stuff with the crybaby. But the thing about it is, especially being AMAP people assigned male at birth and you being born into a black situation... You already feel like you're being targeted a lot of the times. And I know black men have a hard time conceptualizing the fact that someone could potentially have it harder than they do. I know they have a hard time conceptualizing that. You know, the government's after them, the police after them. You know, I get it. But the only thing that's keeping them from being successful as much as they want to be in this country is the fact that they're just not white. So y'all really a lot closer than you may think. Now, if you start adding other things like a black gay man or a black trans person or this, there's more intersections that happen that have to be conceptualized and added to the situation because you just don't show up just being one of something. You bring all your identities at the exact same time. So I know black men have a very, very hard time thinking about like, oh, like, oh, nobody can have it harder than me. Like, they're trying to kill me. Like, yes, we know they're trying to kill you, but... They also trying to kill us because we're black and because we're this and because we're this and because we're this. Like there's extra shit in there that they can't seem to fathom and rationalize. And so when they get backlash for saying stuff that is transphobic, homophobic or ill-informed, you know, no, they don't. They feel like, oh, my gosh, you can't talk to me like this. Like my life is already so hard. Everything's so challenging and da da. But it's like, girl. What about the other stuff? Like you can't, it's, it, this is a both and world. You can't pick and choose and compartmentalize what works well for you. I completely agree. And one thing that I noticed that because I've had my um, interactions with very um, heteronormative masculine black men mm-hmm. and I've bit of a mouth and they also kind of had that feeling where they felt like, um, they could slander queer black folks and still believe that they are having it worse. And I would tell them, honestly, you're oppressing 
me and other people like me and trans black women just how a white man would oppress you mm-hmm. and would have still oppressed us. And they, and he was shocked, like, wow, I can't believe you would say that. No, I am saying that you are an oppressor. Mm-hmm. You are oppressing because you are trying to distill fear in me. That's exactly the same tactics that racist white people do. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you eat bring that up it's such a shock to them but it's real it really is real you're not being accepting and honestly you're breaking the community up even more by oppressing others in your community right yeah. i'm glad you gather them reese please gather them because they they, they don't get it and i don't want to spend too much more time on it um if you're interested in what the baby's saying then you can go look it up it's the hottest trend for him right now it's what's keeping him hot um, and T.I., of course, threw his two fucking cents in there. You know, T.I. got problematic every fucking thing, every which way, about everything. So, essentially, his words were... Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to add him stigmatizing people who have HIV, AIDS, or anything of a like, it's totally wrong. And it's, like, honestly, like, ground zero, kind of, like, bottom-of-the-barrel thing to say because it's, like... You just don't understand people's lives. That doesn't go with people who are just queer. That goes with people who are straight or any type of orientation Mm -hmm. just to, like, stigmatize people like that. He doesn't probably know how many fans he probably crushed by stigmatizing that. And it's despicable. It's very despicable. Yes, he needs to. And it's just ill-informed. They just think it's just this gay disease. And it's like you caught it because you wanted to get it. And trust me, every person that I know that's living with HIV did not want it, had no vow of going after. That was not their pursuit of their life. It just happened. And people can also get HIV unintentionally through, you know, um, bad blood transfusions. And they could be born with it or you know, breast milk. There's all kinds of ways it can be contracted. It's not just by, you know, making an ill-informed decision at the time or, God forbid, trigger warning if someone was raped or something like that. You know, there's so many things and you just throwing it out there because it's just one of those arbitrary things. And it's like, it's like my fans don't have that. It's like, how do you even know? Like, oh God. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. He just just talking the side of his neck and he went on live later and tried to patch it up, but he didn't do anything. And the thing I want to address with T.I. is, I'm going to come back to that real quick, is just the fact that he was like, well, if Lil Nas X can put his comments and say what he want out there, and I, how come we can't do it too? That's basically the gist of it. And the reason that um, cishead black men cannot say these things out of pocket is because it's not coming from a place of wanting growth and change. It's not a positive impact. It's a negative impact. You're saying this because you want to um, be like, well, they got theirs. How come I can't get mine? That's not the same energy. Lenaz X is producing what he wants to produce and creating his own narrative because the representation is necessary. He saw when he was growing up, there are no black gay men rapping and doing what I want them to do. So he said, I'm going to do that. It doesn't take anything away from you. It doesn't make rap any less credible, although it's been pretty shitty recently because it's just the nature of how rap sounds right now. And he's turning it on its head by introducing something that should have been introduced a long time ago. Just because we have a rise in women in rap doesn't mean that things becoming effeminized. It's balance. It's how things are supposed to be. 
If your intention is to say like, oh, I want to be able to say whatever I want to say, we don't live in the world anymore where you can say whatever you want to say. There's respect. There is um, correctness. There is decency. You have to conduct yourself in that way. And if you don't want to, you are subject to be pushed to the margins, just like queer people have been pushed to the margins this whole time. Now you're getting to get a piece of what it feels like. You're only getting a piece because we don't have a system to oppress you. You can only get the backlash of people talking back at you. So this little piece of like, oh my God, they being mean to me is nothing compared to, you just talked about your husband, you being able to get married. That was illegal. I don't know, um, you know, five, six years ago or whatever the fuck, that was not legal. And so you complaining about something that, that anyway. They, um, Speak it. I'm sorry. They just frustrate me. It's, it's just. I just really need niggas to get it together. They just think that they're the most oppressed. They do. They just think they're the most oppressed. And I'm like, girl, no, I'm going to need you to pull it together. I really need you to start putting your... It's intersectionality. I don't know what episode it was, but um, go look up that episode that we did. How all your pieces of your identity come at the exact same time. You can't say Black Lives Matter and then be like, oh, not the gay ones, not the trans ones, not the poor ones, not the ones that living with HIV. I thought it was everybody. Exactly. And that's one thing you put to already. Um, you hinted at Ti compared himself against Little Nas X, like they're separate. Mm-hmm. Y'all are both black men rap rapping. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference? It's like, if he can do it, why can't we do it? He is we. Mm-hmm. He is, he is part. He is part of that community. He's a black man who raps just like you and he pops off the mouth just like just like y'all do mm-hmm. the thing is he actually does it for a i would say a problem that he is dealing with mm-hmm. something that's a you know, there's always a lot a very solid reason for his popping off at the mouth mm-hmm. everything and you know i follow his twitter so i literally do like see everything that uh, Lil Nas X says, and usually after that he does explain why he says it, and right. replies to people who try to challenge what he says. You know, mm-hmm. they. I feel like most, uh, like Ti or L- the baby wants to just say anything and it be accepted, but that's the norm. It's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what you have been back in the early two thousands or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's. Every, I think, you know, it's, it is time for people to get checked and that's okay, you know, and they're just not used to it. They, they not used to it, but I, I love that you said that. And it's, and we, like, I keep, like, I, I learned this from Diamond Style, shout out to Diamond. She said, we live in a both and world. Things can happen simultaneously and be true. I can be black and I can be trans at the same time. I can be a woman and I can be black at the same time. I can be I can be poor and also be trans at the same time. There's multiple things happening at once. And until people start looking at things with all aspects, and you don't know all aspects of someone's life unless you've been friends with them or you know them from Jump Street, like, you know, there's so much to be said about someone's existence that you don't know nothing about. So I I I get the days of 
black men rapping a, a, about police oppression. They should still be rapping about that. The government, how we can improve our communities. That's where rap was supposed to be talking about their history and what's going on and stuff like that. And so Lil Nas X is taking what he's learned and what he's seen and applying it to his life. And it just happens to be through a queer lens. And it's not appreciated and viewed the same way. I'm like, what y'all gonna have to do is start getting on board because he's creating hits and y'all ain't creating nothing, so. Exactly, they're boring. Boring back boobs. <laughs> but um, speaking of being um, multifaceted, I want to get a little bit more into um, Reese, Cookie Labap, as it were. So we're gonna take a small break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna get into who Reese is and the topic I wanna talk about, which is body yaddy 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 yaddy. So I want to talk to you, Reese, Cookie Labap. Um, I want to talk to you, my dear, about body yaddy 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 yaddy. So I want to start at the very beginning. So can you tell us a, a little bit about your black story, where you came from, who you are, what you do, what you did growing up and all that kind of stuff, siblings, all that fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So like you said, my original name is Reese, Reese, Reese. and I... Guys, Lil Reese, Reese Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so I am born and raised in Chicago, and I have an interesting story about how, like, as a kid, I definitely was on the skinny side, but I believe that I started to have a lot of problems socializing with people mm. at the beginning. It actually took me a while to learn how to talk. And when I did, I was a little bit all over the place. And so with that, not having a lot of friends, I noticed that I did find myself alone. Mm -hmm. And especially throughout my kid um, years, all the way to my teen years, one thing that always comforted me was my family and sweets. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do the most and I will always remember is having my auntie take me to downtown to go get um fancy chocolates mm. chocolate eggs like that really like high-end sweets and i think that i started to have an attachment to food and sweets because it made me feel better mm -hmm. during a lot of dark times and i've had honestly um dark times ever since probably seven till i got out of high school into college. And mm -hmm. that's when you notice me losing a significant amount of weight. Mm -hmm. So that's just a bit of the start. Um, Sports-wise, I actually did a lot of sports. Even though I had trouble issues with weight, I was morbidly obese by the time I got into middle school. Mm -hmm. At the most, I weighed myself was 320 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I still was doing sports i did soccer i did football swimming track um so i was mobile but i just could not 
get away from eating all the time. Even my mom knew that I had a problem because I would go at kitchen at night to eat, mm-hmm. always snacking just because it made me feel better. Even when I was bored, I would just be eating. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I, it was a habit that it was so hard to break, but I noticed it got broken when I had more of a social life in college, mm-hmm. when I have resources such as gyms to go to and um, just a more uh, uplifting perspective on life, more reasons to live than food. Mm. So, you know, that's just to start a gist of things. Yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So I think the first thing I want to kind of talk about is so like your family dynamic. So like, I know you're the oldest of three right correct i'm oh. the oldest of three oldest of three I, no yeah. oldest of four actually oh excuse me four excuse me oh goodness it was popping them out um and so when you when you're growing up were there big people in your family or was everyone kind of like small like what was it like there were a lot of big people in my family so it definitely was a learned habit mm. to really into food. My auntie who took me out to downtown to go eat and stuff, she was also very morbidly obese. My Mm. mom had a a phase where she was morbidly obese. Mm. And all my uncles and my grandfather on my mother's side, definitely. And even my dad definitely had a bit of a time where he got really, really big as well. Mm. So it was something that I noticed was definitely a habit, like a bad habit to eat a lot and not to really be active. Or um, I noticed that a lot of my family, including myself sometimes even now, can be very sedentary. Mm -hmm. We can just not do it and sit on a couch and watch TV all day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really wasn't a great uh, life at the moment to live. Even though, like... I would say, even though there were some good times, I just noticed that it was a problem to be that big. Like there were some so many things that uh, were always hindering me, mm-hmm. like my elbows and knees and my neck were having the brown ashiness, signs of mm-hmm. diabetes. And I, you know, it was honestly, of course, one thing about being morbidly obese, hygiene mm-hmm. is something that struggle with a bit and it's just overall self-confidence because people truly do treat people who are bigger uh less hospita- hospitable yeah and that's something that i will tell you from experience because once i did get skinnier i it was a different world mm-hmm. everybody treated me with so much more light comfort people wanted me to be around because i was beautiful and I wasn't getting that when I was morbidly obese. And it's something that still kind of eats at me a little bit, knowing that most people who interact with me on a day-to-day basis, whether it be on the bus, customer care, cashier, probably would be worse to me or ignore my existence mm-hmm. if I was that big. Because it did happen, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't important. Yeah, no, thank you. Um I've heard those things from people who are big or who were big and, you know, I, I, so I, what I, I appreciate you telling all these things because in America, we are very 
fat phobic. It's just the fact of the matter. It's it's what's been ingrained in the system and stuff like that. And, you know, it can be traced all the way back to slavery, you know, with black women having more curves or black men being more big and muscular. So to contrast that, you know, white people want to be thin and, you know, and dainty and light or and stuff like that. Or now the new thing is to be, you know, have the hourglass shape and stuff like that. But it's still not big. It's still not fat. It's still not in that kind of category. Um, so, you know, they've taken those curves and those muscles and all that stuff that black people once had and kind of they're capitalizing off of it now and stuff like that. But I digress from that to move on to just continue to say that fat phobia is just one of those things. And it's just so heavily instilled. It's like, um, it's just like racism, misogyny, um, classism, elitism, homophobia, transphobia. All of those things are just further extensions and fat phobia is definitely part of that. Because I know I'll look at myself in the mirror and, okay, for example, uh, um, this is like the first time in my life ever where I've reached almost 200 pounds, like ever. And I don't look like it, but it's just how my body has decided to handle what we're doing right now. <laughs> And so me, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so much. And I'm only like five, nine on a good day. And so I'm just like being, you know, this height and having that kind of weight is like very traumatizing for me. But I know it's nowhere near in comparison to what it's like to be an actual fat person and stuff like that. We, we just don't, we think it's unhealthy. We think it's unsanitary. We think it's a whole, whole lot of other stuff. And it's because we don't know what it's like to be a fat person. And if we listen to fat people, then we would definitely know exactly how their lives are. And you just described what it's like to be a fat person. Even um, horrible movies like The the Nutty Professor and stuff like that is just capitalizing off fat black people. And I just think that's just... Watching it now as an adult is like, ooh, this is cringy. But like when you're younger, you know, we're 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 not we weren't calling things out as they were before. So, um, what I what I want to go ahead. And it, I would I wanted to add, it's kind of a spiral. Like, it's very hard for people who are bigger or obese to get better because there's always something in society putting them down mm -hmm. and. One thing that comforts, you know, that definitely comforted me when I was bullied or when I went to the gym at my high school and I didn't get any support or motivation because they didn't believe I can do it. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe that I was going to lose the weight. They thought I was going to be fat for the rest of my life. So why even try with him? Mm -hmm. And that got to me as well. Mm -hmm. And so, so hard when you are that big to lose the weight because you really have to support yourself. Mm. And honestly, I think my transformation, it is getting kind of deep into my mental, is why I am a tad bit more self-absorbed than I should be. Because <laughs> it's, the, it's the truth because nobody really was motivating me that much mm -hmm. back in the day to get to this weight. I've done a, a lot of extremes to get here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that I wish now thinking and looking back on, if I had the knowledge that I had now, I should have paid attention more to my mental health then and tried to put myself in a better environment than doing those extremes. 
experience because I've been through surgeries. I've been through a lot of um, medical nutritionist psych. Like I did a little bit of psych, but that was just to get the surgery. And mm-hmm. it's you know other this. I can go deeper into that too when when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it a little bit more. And thank you for continually sharing. And you know, if there's anything that you don't want me to say, or you don't, or anything that I've said or anything, please let me know. Because again, I'm not a I'm not a big person, so I don't know any of those things and stuff like that. Um, but thank you. And I, I, I wanted to kind of turn it into the sphere of obviously you are a gay man. And so when you are looking at media for particularly gay people, you know, everybody is the picture perfect, you know, rippling six pack body, like they're giving all of that and da, 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 da. And, you know, It's just how you are supposed to look, especially as a black gay man, you're really supposed to be like, you know, snatched and muscular and thug trait realness, all that kind of stuff. But you're, that's not one, that's not your personality. And then two, not everyone's going to look like that because we're not monolithic, da baby. (laughs) All black people not going to show up the same and all queer people aren't going to show up the same. Granted, he doesn't know that because smart as a bag of rocks, but, um, (laughs) But it's, I wanted to know, you know, as you kind of progressed and you start to figure out your sexual identity and then you start to reach out to look for, um, you know, support in that way. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to start looking around for people who are also queer and stuff like that. And were you met with fat phobia at that place as well? Oh, yeah, I definitely was. And to be honest, you know, I am blessed to have a husband now so you know i'm See, not that dating look look throwing it out there i got a husband now bitch <laughs> you know where's my purse <laughs> Shut up. so i um one thing that i still deal with is fat phobia mm-hmm. actually because even though i lost the weight i still have very loose skin mm-hmm. and that's one thing that people didn't really tell me back in the day or I don't even hear people talking about is that when you once you get to a point of obesity and you do lose all the weight the skin doesn't go Mm -hmm. so when I started to lose a lot of weight in college I noticed that okay my face looks cute but my body still does not look the way I want it because I wanted the six-pack I wanted Mm -hmm. to be snatched tight skin but I still don't have that. And I don't know if I ever will unless I have more surgeries mm-hmm. to take out the skin um, cosmetic wise. Mm-hmm. And so I um, noticed back when I was dating, men wouldn't even like uh, when I told them the truth or showed me shirtless. No, mm-hmm. they're just too. So a lot of gay men are a bit shallow when it comes to body types. A bit. They wouldn't accept me. A bit, Reese. A bit. They're not a bit (laughs) shallow. They are shallow as a puddle. Like, they, you know, what would, you know, what was the expression? Oh, it's on one of me and me and Dexter. Shout out to Dexter. One of our favorite episodes of Will and Grace when they had to make somebody over. And one of the expressions was they was training somebody to do these push-ups. And stuff like that. And the boy was like, what is this? This is all so superficial and ridiculous. Like, are gay men only about face and bodies? And then Jack, of course, said, of course not, silly. They're only about bodies. And that's basically what it kind of comes down to. 
if you do not have the ideal body of the six pack and all that kind of stuff, if you're not in the gym 19 times a week and stuff like that, then you're not supposed to be on the float, you know, during the pride parade. You're not supposed to be at the pool party. You're not supposed to be invited. You're not supposed to be feeling welcome. And they make it very evident that you're not supposed to feel welcome. When you look at representation of fat people in general, but particularly queer fat people. So I wanted to ask you about that. You know, one of my, one of our favorite you know, TV series of all times, of course, is Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. And of course, on Noah's Ark, everyone is rather fit, petite, and put together. And even if they're a bigger man like Trey, like, he was still, like, swole. Like, that nigga was swole. I want him to crush me into a pile of rubble. Like, oh, God, he's so fine. Anyway. Don't you feel the pressure? um, (laughs) Don't. I'd rather feel his pressure. Take my pressure. I can take my take. Don't take my brush. Take my take my uh. What's the call? Uh, take my temperature. I need an anal. Yes. Th- I need an anal thermometer. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but one of the characters, Alex, who I love, Alex was my one of, was my favorite character, obviously. And so he was not. He wasn't really fat, but he was just a bigger guy. But he had like this energy of like the mammy or like. Um, the one you go to, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't viewed as like sexy or attractive. He was sassy and all this kind of stuff. Basically, he felt like he had to, his character felt like he had to overcompensate for the fact that he was a bigger person. So I wanted to know, like, when you look at representation in the media and stuff, particularly for black, black, fat, queer people, if they happen to be, like, are they represented how you think they should be represented? Not at all. Mm. No. Because it's not really the struggles or the reasons why that person could be that size. You know, I feel like I feel like a lot of people's perspective on fat people in general is that, oh, you know, they just got themselves there. That's mm-hmm. their fault. When mm-hmm. really there is something that's probably happening, mental or physical, that is making that is making that happen. Mm-hmm. The only representation slightly is specifically on queer black fat people that I really seen is on RuPaul. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, what's her name? Latrice. I love her. Latrice. Oh, yes. Latrice. I love Latrice. Shout for Royale. Yes. I love her so much. She is somebody that I actually look up to because I just love how much confidence she still has when she walks up in the room. It's something that I wanted to have when I was her size. Mm -hmm. And so I just can't help but just be at awe just to see her all the time. I still have a goal in my uh, life to be able to meet her one day. And just to tell her that even though I'm this size, she still helps me out to this day. I still struggle with body dysmorphia mm-hmm. because of how society is. I don't like to take off my shirt. I don't like to look at my body. Mm-hmm. I only look at my face. It literally is that. And that's like you said, that's not what people in the gay community care about. I can have as beautiful looking faces as I, I um it, as ever and it wouldn't matter that much and I think I do have a pretty good looking face you do it's looking cute it's like oh my god 
<laughs> yes, high high cheekbones and everything. Mm. But as soon as a guy wants to dance with me and touches my chest or touches my stomach, I've had men instantly walk away. Mm. Instantly. And, you know, it's just like I, the feeling you have about it's almost dehumanizing. Yes. Uh-huh. And so I just realized how much I felt like I had to really kind of give my own self compliments, mm. flirt with my own self, tell myself that I was beautiful. And even still, I struggle to really take my shirt off in the mirror. Mm-hmm. No, I, again, thank you for sharing. And I, I, as a trans person, I can relate to that entirely where it's just like, oh, this shit not looking right. I want it to be this way and this way and this way. I think everyone has those issues with seeing their body, how it shows up because people, people's bodies are going to show up the way they're going to show up. Like, for example, like you were talking about, if you just predisposed to just like have big genes and you'll, you're going to be a big gene, like you're going to have a, you're going to be a bigger person. And the thing about it is as long as you're taking care of yourself, then I don't genuinely don't see the problem in anything, you know, I just don't want it to, you know, I don't want, you know, someone's weight to come in and have a negative impact on their health and stuff like that, or their mental health, definitely. But that's exactly what we do in turn. Like, we don't want to harm you, but we're not going to show you in any good light. We're going to demonize and make fun of you and say all this kind of stuff and dehumanize, like you say, we're going to do all of that in an effort to understand more it's just like how they just like attack and beat on Lizzo and I love what she said once she's like I didn't think I would have to be famous for being fat I thought I would be famous for my talent and stuff like that it's like yeah she's talented beyond her size like her size has nothing to do with it and her putting on a bikini is the same as a a skinnier person putting on a bikini like girl what and the only reason we don't like it is because we've been conditioned every single person has been conditioned to see you know skinny as the thing like it's 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 a mess and you know everyone has to unlearn it even people who are in that community like i'm sure you can speak to that i know as, as a queer as a trans person i had to unlearn my own transphobia i had to unlearn my own misogyny to become more comfortable in my own womanhood and stuff like that. So I'm sure you had to learn how to kind of like take in like, all right, I'm a fat person and this is what I'm going to do to make these things happen for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. it, it was a lot of conditioning. You're absolutely right. It's one thing working on because when I see a skinny person or I see somebody who's fit, I don't just look at them as just like, oh my gosh, just so hot. I look at them and it immediately wants me to think you need to go work out because they look better than you and you can never go. You like It's just like, it almost makes me in a way like intimidated by them. Mm-hmm. How they are. Like how some people look at skinnier or fit people and just kind of gawk over them it makes me think i need to go run five miles because i'm not like that and Mm -hmm. i can't be like that so i'm going to keep trying until i do it which it's very unhealthy honestly Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really um make me appreciate 
people who aren't like that. I'm not looking at anybody else and thinking, oh my gosh, I got to be like them. I'm just looking at abs and being like, I have to be like that. And it's something that I'm still struggling with to Mm -hmm. condition myself to really not give them as attention to somebody just because of their body. Right. And I, I agree. I think, I think especially as I get older, I'm just like, girl, this body about to be what it's about to be. But you know, when you're in that, when you're in those early stages and even like, even though we love Lanas X, like the, the boys he had dancing in his video, they all petite, they all twirling around and you know, they, they're all fit. And of course, obviously they're dancers and they're probably going to have more bodies like that, but there are big people who are dancers as well. So it just goes to show how even in his insightful um, attempt to make queerness a, uh, a big thing, ironically, he's not incorporating everyone into his, you know, his craft and stuff like that. It's still very evident in that way. Yeah. And that's why you peeped. I said it wasn't that creative. It's mm. just something that has been done before mm-hmm. not that creative <laughs> and and i think yes. it's i think it's just gonna take lots of time because i think fat phobia is one of those things that's gonna take a long time for people to get comfortable with and um so i i wanted to ask if it's okay i know you've um said you've you struggled with some things but you've had procedures so would you mind if you're comfortable talking about like when you decided to embark on getting your procedures and you know, and all that kind of stuff. Of course, one thing about my weight and my journey on it, I love to be as open as possible because I know that this really can help others who are struggling with it. Mm -hmm. So that's why no matter how uncomfortable, I really do feel like I need to say this because it shouldn't be something that's just kept for me to know or for me to find out when somebody else can learn from me. Mm -hmm. And so I got the lap band actually at a very early age um honestly very unusual at the age of 16 okay then what what is the lap band for those who may not know the lap band is a surgical procedure where they take this band that's filled with fluid and wrap it around your esophagus right at the top of your stomach and they'll put in also a little port for you that's going to be stuck on your skin where they can inject more fluid to make that band tighter or looser. Mm. And what the band does when it's tighter, it stops food right before it hits your stomach and makes it slower to make you fuller. Mm. It's the least invasive and also the less, um, it has a very low mortality rate Mm -hmm. and feature. And, um, I got the band because my mom actually noticed during that time how depressed I was. I had a journal that she found that showed a bit of suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. about me being bullied so much. And she really was afraid of my life. And And she helped me the best way she could by putting me in a program where I could get the weight off by surgery. Mm -hmm. And it took me almost a year. I started actually at 15, going to monthly meetings with doctors, nutritionists, and everything to prepare me for this lap band procedures. I went through that yearly program, Mm -hmm. that year program, and I got the lap band. Mm -hmm. And that was... uh, um, 
that 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 whole process was definitely uh intense but at the time i felt like this is what needs to happen because if it doesn't i don't know if i'm even going to be able to make it out of high school mm -hmm. so thank you i've 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 known you for some time but i never wanted to overstep any boundaries and ask any questions like that so i'm glad that i i'm glad that you feel comfortable sharing that with me and my audience and everything like that um but the, 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 what I wanted to ask is, so during a trigger warning, of course, during those suicidal ideations, were you writing those down like because people were making fun of you because you were gay or were they making fun of you because you were fat or a combination or? It was a combination. One thing that actually, since I wasn't out much, I got a lot of gay jokes, but not very very intense mostly it was me being so big mm. they couldn't really people really didn't get to know me that much to know how like gay i was mm -hmm. because the first thing that they saw when they saw me was how morbidly obese i was and actually my name cookie labab stemmed from these dark times mm. one of the worst nicknames that i was giving at the time that i absolutely hated because I was soft and sweet, was Cookie. Cookie. Yes, Cookie. I used to hate that name back in high school. My mom, I used to tell my mom what they were calling me, and I really didn't appreciate it. And every time I got called it, it just kind of, it always hurt me. Mm. And even my friends, quote unquote, that I did gain, also called me Cookie. Mm. It was just that I never shook. So... One thing I did was when I started to lose weight because of the lap band and because of my environment change, I went back to Harvey and they would still call me Cookie mm -hmm. and they would they would be like, Cookie, is that you? I'm going to have to stop calling you Cookie now. I was like, no, <laughs> call me now. Call me Cookie then, call me Cookie now when I'm cute because mm. now I'm going to take this name and I'm going to make it something and I'm actually going to put it into my identity. I and that's that. what I did. No, I love that. I'm glad that you claimed and taken ownership. It's just like when we tell white people like, nope, you, you're not going to call me that no more. We're taking ownership of what we want to use as far as our language and stuff like that. And I love that. And, um, I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that. And, you know, I've heard that from other, um, like, bigger um, queer people before. Where, like, you get made fun of more so for being bigger than being a queer person. And um, this is this is kind of, like, a, like, off to the left a little bit. But I wanted to ask, um, particularly as a trans person, um, everyone fetishizes and obsesses over my body and stuff like that. They always want to know, like, oh, do you still have it? Oh, is it gone? Like, how did you get your titties? All that kind of stuff. They want to they ask all those questions. And so men will uh, sexually objectify me even more so than they would a cis woman. And so I wanted to know, like, were there people who were, like, air quotes, chubby chasers? And I wanted to also know how you felt about that term as well. Well, I see the thing is, since I was big, I didn't have any motivation or confidence to really do any try, try any dating. Mm. So that's why at that time, it didn't matter that I liked guys. I didn't believe that I was going to ever get a guy because mm. I just thought I looked ugly. 
you know, it wasn't something that I even wanted to try to get my hopes down to get rejected because mm-hmm. I was already getting rejected every day without me even trying to look at them. Mm-hmm. So I did notice, though, that there were when I was on the football team. One thing about me and my size is I had very large chest, mm. like very big man breast. Mm-hmm. And there were some times where I got some looks because they were popping. They were voluptuous. <laughs> and there's this very awkward time where this one guy, and this is not on a football team, it was a track season. I was changing my shirt. Mm-hmm. And this guy, ah, he was, you could tell he was smoking something on the track or mm-hmm. something. He came back and we were trying to change. And he literally asked me, like, Cookie, can I suck your titty? Shut up. And Shut the fuck up, Reese. Go ahead. <laughs> I just looked at him and tell me why there were like half of the team was in there. And he just said that. And I was like, no. <laughs> you were cute. But I was like, no. <laughs> and I I want to point this out because these are cishet black men, apparently. Y'all experiment with each other. Trust me. Y'all experiment with each other on the low low. Early in y'all lives. And y'all don't want to talk about it. But y'all do it. Let's be very clear that you're allowed to experiment until you find your identity. Once you find your identity that suits you, you can make sure you align yourself with that. But it's not bad to be like, let me suck my nigga titty right quick. Let me see what it's going to give. Because you might end up liking it. You know what I'm just saying. But anyway. Oh my God looking back <laughs> I, I i just wanted to ask that because i know like there's like this like i've heard stories from um bigger queer people where they were like oh well they don't want anyone to know that they into you or something like that or they want to do have sex with you late at night and all that kind of stuff kind of treat like that's how they treat us as trans people so there's a very interesting correlation there where it's like Oh, you're a big person. Let's let's be intimate at night. I don't want nobody to know that you know I'm hitting you up and da 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 because there's shame around it. And the same thing for trans people. It's like, oh, I want people to know that I'm into you, but I don't. I mean, I want to be into you, but I want people to know. Like, there's a shame around it. Like, there's something wrong with being trans, or there's something wrong with being a fat person. You know that kind of stuff. No, that's definitely a feeling that I felt like I had. And I didn't like it. I didn't, the thing is, I really didn't date that much because of my fears of how people would treat me because of how big I was. Mm -hmm. And also, as you can tell, and as you can see, I was and always will be very feminine as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was very afraid to date. And I still, like, I would say even to up to, my husband now I was afraid to date and to be honest my husband that I am with at the moment was my first boyfriend Mm. and he the first man to accept me with my shirt off Mm. and and it feels good to be affirmed and be and to be seen for you because we're so much more than these physical vessels than these these flesh things we have minds and souls and stuff like one thing that Katia Zamalachakoba always says, like, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And you don't get to choose the vessel you get to be in. You just get assigned a vessel, and then you have to make the best you're going to do what you're going to do. And so 
I, I think that you made all the appropriate decisions and uh, Curtis is very lucky to have someone like you. I want to be very clear that oh. no, I want to be very clear that you are sweet and kind and you deserve all the goodness that happens in the world. And I'm very happy that you, that you found someone to be with who loves and appreciates you exactly who you are. So I love that. Thank you. I really appreciate that too. And I, you know, even you saying that kind of like helps remind me even now, because I would, I have to be honest, I still struggle with my body image and weight. Mm-hmm. I dealing with all this, um, moving around. I haven't been able to work out much and I work out daily mm-hmm. usually. And I think about me being fat. And like, I always, I still in my mind kind of have this in the back of my mind that I'm still fat. So Mm -hmm. I, unfortunately I've noticed that I've shifted from morbid obesity to more of a anorexia mentality Mm -hmm. because I always think that I'm fat. Mm -hmm. It's something that I still struggle with. Like even at this point when I'm not big, it's something that I feel and I feel that I need to do something about it Mm. and it's um it's like when I like as you saw like you're one of my friends for years you see me with so much confidence bubbly happy Mm -hmm. but it's very hard for me unless somebody really does have these conversations with me and kind of really ask me those questions that people really understand how I think in my in my mind and honestly it's darker than what I present Mm. and so it's um I would say for I guess advice for people who struggle with thoughts like I, I do is to before going to surgery because surgery did help but before doing surgery Look for mental health and then look at your environment that you're in. Mm. Because as soon as I changed my environment, going to college changed and saved my life. Mm. I had more resources. Living in a very poor neighborhood, I didn't have gyms. I couldn't go outside much because it's too dangerous to to go run or walk a dog. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was a food desert. There weren't really fresh groceries Mm, around me. I couldn't drive during that time. And so before I plead with anybody who struggles and still struggles with mental and physical health, before doing surgery, look into mental health and then look at your environment that you're in right now. And if Mm. there's something that could be changed to help you, please do it before considering surgery. Because I am grateful for what the lap band did for me, but it did come with health side effects. Mm. I had to get it recently take about a year ago. Mm. So actually in the middle of the pandemic, which was even more scarier Mm. because it gave me really bad health side effects. Mm. Oh my goodness. I, I, well, again, I'm going to keep saying thank you because this is, I love hearing things from people's experiences because one thing that my manager always says at my job is that people are the masters of their own experience. You can't tell them what happened to them. They're going to tell you what happened to them. Like they know because they were there, they experienced it firsthand. And so, because again, I'm not a big person. I've never been a big person. Um, I appreciate you shedding a lot of light on this. And um, 
going through and, and giving advice to people who are bigger, who are looking for some kind of positive representation and stuff like that. And knowing what steps to take in that kind of stuff. Like I think mental health around it is so important. We have to uncondition ourselves out of thinking that people who are fatter, who are bigger are gross or bad or problematic or whatever. And, you know, shows like, what is the show called? My 600 pound life. Like that does not help the situation at all. It just makes people who are fat just look like they're incompetent and unhealthy and it, it it's it's just a bad light. And so this is why representation is so important. You have to see uh, people who are fat doing things that everyone else is doing who isn't fat, more fit people. Like, they can do the same thing. That's why, I don't know. Like, like when they were like, oh, Oprah needs to lose weight. Oh, Jennifer Hudson needs to lose weight. Or when um, Monique needs to lose weight. It's just like, why does everyone need to lose weight? Why can't they just be exactly who they are? Yes. And it's one thing that you're really hitting on. You have to be more comfortable with yourself first before you really can make those changes mm-hmm. that you want, you know? And you have to put yourself in an environment that you can be comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Very true. And that society really works really works hard at making big people uncomfortable. It's just the truth. And and so I want to ask a couple of things about that before we kind of get up out of here is I th- I've heard very simple things like the size of chairs or um, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head like that, but I've heard like the size of chairs, doorways, and certain things are just inherently fat phobic because it's like, if you can't fit through the door, then you shouldn't be going in there. Or if you can't fit in the seat, you shouldn't be sitting there. It's just like, can we make space for people who need the extra room because not everyone's a size two? Like, so I wanted yeah. to know if there was other stuff that was just kind of like you noticed as a bigger person, like that just took place that we wouldn't ever think about because we're skinny. Um, let's see. I would say workout equipment. Mm. You know, if you want, if you want to buy your own workout equipment, usually if you're trying to go on the more cost um, affordable end, it usually the weight limit is 230 pounds max. Mm-hmm. I'm 220 right now, mm-hmm. and I'm very skinny. I'm six three, so that's why my uh, it's still a pretty um, heavy weight but usually a lot of things like i'll get something max weight 230 pounds i'm only 10 pounds away from that mm-hmm. and i used to, i said 320 and so it's not um helpful that materials made to work out with don't really include people who are bigger because they're the ones who probably need it the most mm-hmm. who need to be mobile the most and uh, I guess another will be rides, you know, roller coasters. Oh. I couldn't ride this man mm. for a long time, you know, until I got skinny. Mm. There are other rides that I just, you if you can't strap yourself in. And I honestly started to get more afraid of roller coasters when I was that big because being whipped around and being that big honestly doesn't feel that good either. Mm. So it's... um. You notice that uh, there are some um, 
hindrance, but I think the biggest hinder for most big people isn't just doors or seats. It's the people in the room. Mm-hmm. It's the people in the room entering that space just for people to look at you is the biggest like weight limit mm-hmm. sticker ever. And that's why a lot of bigger people probably stay more solitude because they don't even want to be able to get on the bus Mm -hmm. to have somebody look at them, to have somebody not move so they can get to a seat, to have somebody put their purse down so they won't sit next to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's rough out there. And it's something Mm -hmm. that me and my auntie Noel both really, um, connect about because she also went through surgery to get um thinner she got the gastric bypass which literally is a whole change in your whole digestive system Mm -hmm. and she um said me and her complaint all the time like just people just treat you so much better they actually treat you like humans now it's like this is what humans treat like are supposed to be treated Mm -hmm. and the thing is like even if I gain the weight back, I know now how I am treated now. I'm going to demand it for the rest of my life. Mm. I'm it, zero tolerant because now that I know how people really should be treated, mm-hmm. it is a demand that I get treated that way. And I have definitely been spicy to some people who don't want to treat me the way I need to be treated because I'm not a gay or black. And so I'll do that, too, if I ever become fat, too. Knock on wood that I don't. I work really hard trying not to. But I'm also working hard to accept myself for the body that I am at all times. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm trying to be comfortable enough to say, you know, what if I did gain weight? That'll be okay. Mm-hmm. It will be okay. Right. I was still pretty cookie motherfucking the back. Okay. <laughs> I, you have been shedding so much light on things and I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I really wanted to talk about body image and stuff like that. Um, it's just so much that's ingrained in there. You know, I'm sure we could write a full dissertation or even talk even longer, but I don't want to burn everybody ear off and stuff like that. <laughs> It's okay. Yes. Body, body, yada, yada, yada. Body, yada, yada, yada. That's a good topic. And it definitely can be um, cut up. Mm. I can come on the show anytime. You know, we can make it a whole little panel because there's so many other people here that probably have other perceptions about how their body is it could be you know maybe being too skinny Mm. being too tall being short one thing you know like i can't understand um when people talk about somebody because of their height or something Mm -hmm. and you know that's something that nobody can ever change right you know it's just stuff you just don't have control over it's like again you don't get to pick the vessel. You just become a sentient being in the vessel. And then you do what you're going to do. And, you know, I, I really, I want to drive home the point of intersectionality. So there's so many things happening for Reese when, when he was a little child. You know, he was a bigger child. He was gay. He was black. He was effeminate, which, of course, none of those things are a good mix in this country at all. They, the further you move away from cishead, upper middle class, Christian white man, 
then the 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 harder it's going to be. And and Reese already told us like he was in an area that wasn't very supportive or affirming. So it sounds like it was a classism effect in there. There's so much happening simultaneously. And it's like, you don't get to just show up and just leave one of those things behind. You're going to bring all those things with you into every single space. And as a bigger person, your mass is literally encompassed in all of that as well. And it's, I want people to recognize that and understand it. And I want everyone to challenge themselves on their fat phobia. Are you treating your friend who's bigger kind of like a big stuffed animal all the time and stuff like that? Are you, you know, having sly comments? Are you, are you have to pay attention to what you say and how you treat people? And not to say that I'm perfect, because God knows I'm not. And, you know, the queer industry and, you know, the, um, the fitness industry and this, you know, this get shredded stuff that's happening on Instagram, these influencers and stuff like that, baby, they will make you want to jump off a cliff if you don't look like them. And I want everyone to know that you are gorgeous and beautiful in your own way. Please just take care of your health. Uh, Reese pointed out mental health, especially. Um, the more intersections you stand at, the more things you're going to have to um, work on and take pride in because they're not going to make it easy for you, baby. And we want you to be strong in what you do and what you say. Mm-hmm. And just to end it off on a really uh, good note, positive note. Mm-hmm. I- to reach out to anybody else who is struggling with body image issues out there and let them know that I see you, I love you, and you are always appreciated. No matter how you look or how you think you look, know that there are people out there that love you. And just you, and I encourage you to go find those people and be with them because you deserve to be appreciated. Mm. You are loved and you are beautiful. Thank you so much for being on here, Reese. Cookie Labap. So can you tell people on what social medias they can find you and your Instagram handle, your, your Twitter handle, all that kind of stuff, YouTube and stuff, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So you know me on social media. I have my Cookie Labap YouTube. That's C-O-O-K-I-E space L-E-B dot a dot p that's the same for my twitter as well as my insta so please go ahead and find me i do um like i do news commentary on positive news i also do sensational reviews anything that excites the senses whether sight sound smell taste or touch Mm. and i also add in on my youtube furry shorts too where i take more attentions to non-humans to actual animals in nature and i don't forget to represent those critters with shells and scales too <laughs> so please go ahead and cookie live up youtube of course and i will put all of those links in the description um if you want to reach out to reese please do so on you know his social medias watch his youtube video subscribe um, we want to make sure that we get those views of support black queer people because we need that kind of support. We need that love and that adoration. Um, I'll put I'll put the links about the baby and T.I. and Lil Nas X's music video, all that stuff in the description as well. Again, thank you, Reese, so much. And I think we should have another. I think we might should have a panel on body image. Uh, oof, gosh, I think that would be a good one. You're right. That'll be hot. That's some good tea right there. Because it'd be some representation. I love it. 
You know, I love some representation, but let's get on out of here. Let's just, let's, let's, let's dance to Megan, shan't we? I think that would be a good idea. Let's close out of here. Yes! Yes, throw <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black, Black to, to the, the Future. future.